So um, first and foremost, obvi- like other than the obvious uh, in terms of like long distance relationships, red flags, and this is what we're really going to focus on here today, you know, things like lying, cheating, addiction, these sorts of things. Um, we're going to cover a lot of these sort of like important red flags to notice. Now, I'm going to tell you what to do about some of these things as well in here. Um, but this is actually coming up as a topic because I've had a lot of questions this week from people in long distance relationships talking about red flags and being curious. And then obviously because of like the, the climate over the last sort of year and a half to two years, you know, a lot of people have been in long distance situations or can't travel to see one another and things like that. So we're going to do a deep dive here today about like red flags to pay attention to in long distance relationships. Um, now one of these at a time may be a solvable problem and may not be, you know, something much bigger, but part of this video is actually based off of over the years in my client-based practice. I have seen people who are in long distance relationships and, um, every so often I would say, you know, one in 31 and 40, um, I will see certain patterns pop up that tend to be quite congruent. And unfortunately, every so often somebody with many of the patterns we're going to mention today, six of these patterns, especially when all of these things are together. Um, oftentimes when we're seeing a lot of these all at the same time, Somebody may not be, they may be saying they're in a monogamous long distance relationship with you, but there may be somebody else in their life. There may be a family, you know, somebody else there um, in the background that's a part of the situation. So I'm definitely not saying before I dive into these things that everybody in a long distance relationship if there's one of the red flags that I mentioned here, that this is what's happening. And I'm definitely not saying that this is something that often happens in long distance relationships. I'm sort of covering the basis for people who are wondering what's going on. I'm really not getting my needs met in a long distance relationship and just some things to watch out for. So you don't get stuck in situations where you're justifying things, um, seeing things that you're not happy with, seeing things that don't make you feel comfortable or safe, um, or just like connected in the relationship and that you keep kind of like justifying, oh, it's because of this thing or it's because of that thing. This is really going to bring a lot of stuff to sort of the surface here. So number one is ambiguity. So if you see, you know, a lot of ambiguity in a relationship that on its own is not that big of a deal, but it is a call for like going towards that problem and having a discussion to work through it. One of the biggest things you'll see in long distance relationships is because there's this space in, in actually not being able to see one another in person, we have to make up for this gap in space by literally, um, oversharing rather than undersharing so that that person can like really feel like they're a part of our lives. So what you can do is share about your day and the details and the small things. And when you're oversharing, it really makes people feel connected. It makes people feel like there's not this big distance and gap and it makes people feel safer. Um, and, and like, there's more vulnerability and closeness in the relationship. And I sometimes see people go into long distance relationships being like a little more avoidant, maybe a fearful avoidant and dismissive avoidant together. And they, because they both have more of an avoidance side, they're not used to sharing as many details, not used to opening up as much. And then they get into a long distance relationship and it can really fizzle out there. So this is a really good strategy to bring in. Now, if you're not doing this, um, and if you're seeing a lot of ambiguity overall, where people aren't sharing what they're doing in the evening, or they share, oh, I'm just going out with some friends and they're not including like details and they're, oh, I'm just going out with, with a friend to dinner. A lot of the ambiguity, it becomes a problem because the mind is left to sort of fill in the blanks with potential worst case scenarios. And then if no party 
feel safe being vulnerable enough to say what, what kind of friend, Hey, I would love to know details because that would make me feel closer and more involved in your life and would help make up for the, the distance. Then what happens instead is people just start getting into these oftentimes like these sort of spiteful games where they'll be more ambiguous back and try to create, you know, and it can just create this like chaos. It doesn't need to exist in long distance relationships. So oversharing rather than undersharing huge ambiguity, a red flag on its own, but still a very solvable problem just through approach oriented behavior and having a healthy conversation that opens the dialogue to like talk about this stuff and just share what our needs are to overcome this hurdle. Number two, inconsistency. And again, on a small scale, not a problem. You know, if somebody doesn't text back for six or seven hours, I really don't think that's something we should be overly concerned about, especially if it's like during the day, you know, somebody's at the, you know, working, things like that. When somebody goes missing for a full day, a full two days, and you're in a relationship, I don't mean you're in the dating phase and you're like vetting one another and you haven't made a commitment. I mean, like you're in a committed relationship. You've made a commitment. If you're in a committed romantic relationship, it is completely fair to ask that you speak once per day. If somebody's going through a hard time or somebody... Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason on a Wednesday hump day back in the building with yet another heater. We're talking about red flags. We're talking about red flags. My email account is full of topics. And one of the topics that was sent in to me was, could you please cover the red flags? Now, I did red flags when I first got here. Year number one. I did that. Okay, what was that? Uh, February of 22, something like that. I did that. But I was like, okay, I'll revisit it. Unveiling the consequences of ignoring internal red flags in relationships. Are red flags within intimate relationships Just par for the course because humanity is naturally flawed. You heard what I said. Are red flags simply par for the course? You're dealing with broken people. So I'm sure there are going to be some red flags somewhere. The number to dial 1-800-920-1580. Call me, call me, call me. Join us for a thought-provoking discussion with me here, the voice of reason on KBLA Talk 1580. I need y'all to tune in because it's going to be on fire. I want you to call in to our hotline and share your red flag story. 1-800-920-1580. Share your thoughts and your experiences. We about to cook with grease. What exactly are red flags? Now, that particular video, the young lady was talking about long-distance relationships. But I feel like if you're in... A relationship with somebody that lives around the corner from you. Ambivalence, probably not so much of a good thing. Right? Probably not so much of a good thing. What are your red flags? What are your top five red flags? Do you know? Being threatened. That's one. Feeling manipulated or controlled. That's another. If you feel afraid of your partner, that's pretty tough. That's a red flag. Why why would you be afraid? Being embarrassed by your partner, being put down by your partner. 
being shamed by your partner, being guilted by your partner. Red flags. Right? Yeesh. Having to lose your friends because of your partner. That's a red flag. Ugh. Ladies and gentlemen, disrespect is a red flag. Get to your phone lines, 1-800-920-1580. I really want to hear it. I really want to hear it. One of my red flags is this, and this is one of my favorite red flags, and I've I've worded it in such a way as different. Regarding intimate relationships, whenever I hear unidirectional blame, I know I'm dealing with a spiritual child. When it's always somebody else's fault, that's a red flag. When somebody else is responsible, that's a red flag. When people do not understand the natural bi-directionality of a relationship, meaning everything on the outside is affecting me. No, 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 no. Something in you is affecting them too. And something in you drew them to you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. I know. Nobody wants to hear it put this way. A deeper look at the consequences of ignoring internal red flags. You know those red flags are internal as much as they are external. Yee. If you ignore the red flags, embrace the heartache to come. Amanda Mosher. Better to be able to love than to be lovable. Oh, when I come forward, the voice of reason will be asking a crap ton of questions. I want to know what you think. I want you to call in. Share your red flags. But more specifically, I wanted to do this video today to give some of you some insight on some toxic patterns that show up fairly early on in a relationship. So these are things that you really want to pay attention to. And if you think you're in a toxic relationship, I have a free download that you can access from the description box below that will give you more information and a checklist on toxic patterns in a relationship. And here's a hint, it's a lot about how that relationship and that person makes you feel. So let's jump right in to the 10 toxic phrases if you hear these phrases, you may want to run. So the first toxic phrase is you're just like, insert the name of this toxic influence in your life here. So for some people, it might be a parent. You're just like your mother. You're just like your father. And even if that person is not necessarily a toxic influence to you, the way that this one is said implies that it's a bad thing. You know, you're just like your mother, and that is a terrible thing. You embody all the negative characteristics of this one person. Now, first of all, if the person that they're comparing you to is actually a toxic influence in your life, or if they have some, you know, really negative traits that you don't want to be associated with, this is going to come across as a date. And if you're being compared to somebody that you've never had an issue with, somebody who's close to you, this one can hit a little bit close to home because first of all, you're wondering, well, what's wrong with this other person? I love them. There's, there's no issue here. And then second of all, you're wondering what's wrong with me? And that's what this is meant to do. This is meant to get you to question yourself and 
sometimes to question the other person too. So the second toxic phrase is you're too sensitive or you're overreacting or you're making a big deal out of nothing. Now this phrase is usually problematic because what this person is doing is kind of invalidating your feelings. Even if it's something that has nothing to do with them, they're kind of invalidating the way you feel about that whatever situation that was. And that can be a red flag because if they're not honoring your feelings about something that has nothing to do with them, how are they going to act when it's something that does, when they've done something to hurt your feelings? One exception here would be if you asked their opinion and, you know, maybe you think that you acted without getting all the information and that could have seemed like you were overreacting. But still, in this situation, you should feel like this person is honoring your feelings and how you feel about it. And they may have an opinion that they can share with you, but they're not trying to override your feelings. This is especially a red flag, of course, when what you're talking about is how the other person hurt your feelings. So if they- Ladies and gentlemen, it's Red Flag Wednesdays. We're talking about red flags in relationships. The concept of red flags encompasses subtle yet crucial internal indicators that warrant attention within ourselves and in our relationships. On an individual level, internal warning signs may manifest as persistent feelings of unease, gut gut instincts, or reoccurring negative thoughts and emotions. These cues may single unresolved traumas, insecurities, or unmet needs, influencing our behavior and decision-making process. In relationships, internal red flags often emerge as discomfort, unease, or a sense of emotional disconnection, patterns of defensiveness, avoidance, or codependency may also indicate potential issues. Self-awareness and introspection play pivotal roles in recognizing these warning signs, providing an opportunity for personal growth and healing. Now listen, as, as a radio guy that talks about relationships all the time, I want to emphasize the importance of addressing internal red flags. Not just the red flag you get from your partner. The ones that pop up in you, right? First, you have to engage in self-reflection and seeking support from friends that have hurdled some of the issues that you may not have, right? These particular individuals can help you navigate the, uh, the emotional landscapes, right? Especially if they're a therapist or a clinician or someone that works in that uh, industry. They're going to help you cultivate healthier boundaries and they're going to help you make conscious choices. A lot of times uh, people lean on themselves when they see a red flag within themselves because they think it's just their problem. But it becomes everybody's problem when you bring your internal red flag into a relationship with another without a contingency plan for how to deal with it. You know, I think it's important that, you know, that at least tell us what we're going to be dealing with potentially. All right. You already know I got questions. Are red flags within intimate relationships just par for the course because humanity is naturally flawed? Are red flags the secret ingredient to making some people appear more attractive? 
Sometimes we be attracted to the red flag. Don't front. 1-800-920-1580. Get in here. I want to talk to you. What are some of your internal red flags? In other words, the red flag that is flown, that, that actually indicates to you that you have something to work on. I want to know. 1-800-920-1580. Uh, why do so many people in intimate relationships ignore red flags? I want, why do we ignore the red flags? Do Some people say we ignore red flags because we love the person. Hmm. Can your love for someone cause you to ignore a red flag in them? Now, pl- please understand. The red flag that they represent externally has to be recognized by something. And remember, knowledge is a reflex of memory. To recognize something is to know what it is. How did your, see? do you see how they're related? Relationship is a mirror. The red flag in you said, hmm, that's attractive. That's a known to me. Let's talk about it. 1-800-920-1580. What is the purpose of relational red flags? Do red flags actually have a meaning, a purpose? 1-800-920-158. Should I give it away? Of course I should. Red flags pop up in relationship because they're designed to show us what needs to be worked on from the inside out. Right? So, Somebody comes into your life and they got red flags and it triggers your internal red flags right off the top. You're supposed to say, hmm, why do I like this person? Why am I attracted to this person? What wound in me? Listen, what wound, what unhealed wound in me resonates to the red flag that they represent? Then you got to go even deeper. Why did I ignore it? Why am I choosing to ignore the red flag? Hmm? I believe that everything in life has a purpose. Nothing on planet Earth is purposeless. Least of all, red flags in relationships. Many people will lean towards the ideation that a red flag is an indicator that you should end a relationship. I beg to differ. A red flag is an indicator that you should stop and start investigating the red flag from the inside out. That's what I believe. You may have a different belief. I value your belief in the same way I value my own, right? Do red flags exist within healthy relationships? Good ones. Ones that, you know, got the power, got the passion, got the love, got the money. Do red flags actually exist in quote-unquote healthy relationships i would say yes why because every human being is a work in progress so the whole concept of relationship goals and they got a good relationship and they good and all of that that take that with a grain of salt right because their relationship and all uh, what's good might not be good for you right 
Might not. Somebody said red means love. Atala said red means love. Listen, when I come forward, I'm going to jump to the phone lines because people are starting to call in. This is a national discussion. Red flags. Why do you attract them? Why do you embrace them? Why do you ignore them? You want to know what's hard about modern dating? <sighs> How much time we got here? It's usually not until the end of your relationship that you get the full picture. The clearest perspective of where things went wrong. Warning signs, red flags that were staring you right in front of the face. We missed because we were so caught up in the passion. You might even think to yourself, oh, if I only knew this about this person from day one, I could have saved so much time energy, money, lots of money. You guys seen the price for dinner for two lately? Inflation's no joke. So that's why in today's video, we're going over seven relationship red flags you should never ignore. Quick note, these are my personal standard. I encourage you to make your own list, but I think that these are a good jump off point for everyone. Second, I'm talking about committed, serious relationships here. You're serious about them, they're serious about you. Not the texting phase or you, know, you just met someone off an app from week one. You'll see why with red flag number three, why that might be a little too much too soon. I was dating a woman in my early 20s and we kept getting into these out of nowhere big blow up fights. I would ask her where she was coming up with these ideas or thoughts or why she was making this such a big deal. And after about two or three questions, we would trace it back to something one of her friends told her. I saw how friends can affect you firsthand. So right off the bat, if the person you're dating and gonna get serious with has some sketchy friends that you don't really like, that could be cause for concern. There's a saying, birds of feather flock together. You might've heard that you are the average of the five people you hang around most. That's not just a good saying it's true. There was a statistic I saw a while ago where if your best friends are overweight or obese, you're like 50% or something more likely to be obese or overweight yourself. So if you really get a bad gut feeling about someone's close circle of friends, that might be a sign of how they actually are or behave later down the road because you do become who you hang around. I'll start with saying I believe that everyone deserves a second chance. But if the person you're getting serious with has a history of infidelity or cheating, you wanna really listen for how they talk about what happened when it comes up. Anything less than complete full ownership that they messed up, they're, they feel guilty about it, they're sorry it ever happened. If they're justifying poor behaviors with, I had to cheat because I wasn't getting XYZ. Again, that's justifying toxic behavior personally, I wouldn't sign up for that. This one is going to be very unpopular. My relationship with social media is very odd because I make a living from it. I am very public on social media. I have a whole brand and a business on it, but the data is out and we know how unhealthy it is for the everyday person. Not only what it does for your dopamine levels and kind of disassociating from life, but what it does to your self-esteem and how it sets unrealistic expectations that dictate- Woo! <laughs> Tonight is on fire, man! Listen, we talking about red flags. Sometimes our eye is only focused on our partner. The red flags they come with. Don't you know the red flags they come with? Mixed with the red flags you already have? Making one big giant redder flag. <laughs> Listen, I'm here to tell you, relationship is a mirror. People don't know how to use that metaphor. Here's how you use it. 
Typically, your attachment styles are complementary. That's how a relationship can be a mirror. Also, when you're trauma bonded, the trauma in them is attracted to, addicted to, and attached to the trauma in you. That's relationship as a mirror. But we can take relationship as a mirror from the author himself, J. Krishnamurti. When he says, in the problem itself, not beyond it, is the answer. See, we think the problem is our partner. No, the problem is us. How we were raised, how we were cultured, the belief systems we have. The ideas, the concepts, the, con- the self-concepts or lack thereof. We're calling in experience so that the experience can level us up. Krishnamurti said, in the problem itself, not beyond it, is the answer. It is not a very listen 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 i want you guys to hear this is it not a very strange thing in this world where there is so much distraction entertainment that almost everybody is a spectator and very few of us are players Ooh-ooh. whenever we have a little free time most of us seek some form of amusement we pack, listen, we pick up a serious book, a novel, or a magazine. If we are in America, we turn on the radio, KBLA Talk 1580, or the television. Or we indulge in incessant talk. There is a constant demand to be amused, to be entertained, to be taken away from ourselves. Krishnamurti man many times relationship is the preferred escape you want to be taken away from yourself because you know inside you there's where the that's where the real work is how you process how you deal how you handle everybody gets to handle it the way they need to handle it everybody gets to deal with it the way they get to deal with it but that doesn't mean it's optimal That doesn't mean it will bode for having a healthy, meaningful relationship. We about to get deep. You talk about red flags. Come on. Come on. Let's go. The phone lines are on fire. Let's get the people who's been in here the longest. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Reggie, Austin, Texas, talk to me. Man, it was it was very easy to um, to ignore the red flags and on some level embrace those flags because they made the person human. Um, you know, often I saw people as though they were seemingly flawless and um, they were always on point. They always knew what to say. They always had, you know, the best catchphrase. It was just they were always in rhythm. And I, if, if I identified a, a red flag in them, then they seemed more human. And when they were human, I could embrace my own humanity. You know what I'm saying? So 
I guess it was it was easy to be around them because I saw a, fl- a flaw in them. Like if you saw a comic book character, everybody has a flaw, and this it doesn't it doesn't make Superman any less super because of the kryptonite. It, it make but it makes him more relatable. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and so the 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 flaw made the woman more relatable to me. But let me stop and, you. Let me stop you. you. Reggie, you're a human being. Your name, Reggie, Reginald, Regal, Royal. You of a different ilk, my brother. You're of a different caliber and quality. Most people are afraid of their humanity. The sister Delena said, I'm not in love with you. I'm in fear with you. You speaking of rarefied air right now, Reggie. Most people are not thrilled to see the humanity in another person. They're just not. Because sometimes that humanity could be ugly. It could be frightening. It could be terrifying. Am I lying, Reggie? Help me understand. Yes, that's real. That's real. But it, it's, it's, it could be terrifying, but at least it's, it's true. At least it's, 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 it's who you are. Mm-hmm. And I could find just some level of, of just flaw, flaw in you. you. You're fallible. You're, you're not perfect. You, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a, a flaw that's in there that, that makes you human. It makes you relatable. And you could still be beautiful, but at least you're relatable. Mm. And and that's all I needed at that point. So I'm not I'm not sure if I'm in rarefied air or not, man. I've already um, because said I, I was just I've already. I was just what well, I mean yeah because you said it just hey stay <laughs> but, with me, Reg. But, I gotta go forward. But when we come forward, we going back to Austin, Texas, because Reggie never disappoints. Just let it ride a little bit behind me, man. Wouldn't you rather focus on the positive? Wouldn't you rather focus on the, the, the good qualities of your partner? Listen, you want to change yourself? You want to change the world? All you got to do is shift your perspective about what happens in the world. Shift your perspective about who you think you are and who you think your partner is. Anybody that has ever done anything great had a shift in consciousness. I'm going to tell you what a red flag is to me. Somebody who can't shift from negative experiences. Listen, the great ones in life find a way to find the silver lining. Yes, red flags can exist within healthy relationships. While healthy relationships are generally characterized by trust, respect, and open communication, it is essential to acknowledge that no relationship is perfect. Red flags in healthy relationships may be a subtle warning, right? That, you know, that prompt partners to address minor issues, right? Before they escalate, right? Healthy relationships recognize the importance of addressing concerns and working together to resolve conflicts constructively. Red flags can serve as opportunities for growth and understanding, fostering a deeper connection and emotional intimacy. Man, I want my relationship to feel like this record. Don't you want your love to feel like Velas?
from Quincy Jones. Just imagine, man. You guys are open. You guys are non-judgmental, bi-directionally compassionate, bi-directionally empathetic. You guys have this understanding that I'm with a live human being that is capable of hurting me while at the same time loving me deeply. It's a red flag for me if you don't see it that way. Because oh, I know the seed of blame is in you. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the voice of reason, man. I'm turned up right now. I'm just I'm just in a space right now. The voice of reason is on fire. Let's get Reggie back in here. Reg! Wow. Man, that was that yeah, that was that's exactly what I was thinking as far as cuz I mean Velas, that's 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 my that's my jam, bro. That's that's for real, for real. Velas, man. man. Quincy man. Jones, yeah. my playlist. The whole album, bro, the whole album was was tight. Right. right. But man, um as far as the the red flags though, I need a I need a red flag to kind of draw me back into reality. Um I want to think positive, just like you were saying. But those red flags make me human, mm-hmm. and that humanity makes the art um, beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, as far as, as life is concerned, you know, life is a beautiful struggle. So it makes it beautiful because I see you trying to work out that red flag, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to work out mine. And, and while we do it together, it gives me more more um, agency to, to work out my stuff, you know? Right. And so um, I, I'm kind of drawn to the red flag because it makes it more real. Flag on the play. <laughs> hey, bro, I appreciate the call. Austin, Texas is in the building. Did you know that the Voice of Reason is a national radio show? Don't get it twisted. I love my Los Angelinos. I love it when y'all call in. Call me right now, 1-800-920-1580. Get on the line. But let me tell you, if L.A. don't call, guess what? We're going back to Dallas. Dallas, Texas, Trumonger, get in here. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. What are your thoughts? Oh, man. I think if you ignore the red flags, whether within yourself or your partner, um, eventually you're going to bite yourself in the butt. Mm. You're going you're gonna to end up stepping on yourself, you know, if, if that makes any sense. Um, you gotta be cautious. You gotta be conscious of them. Mm. Whether it's through self-discovery or whether your partner is reflecting them, mm. and you know, so some people are gonna be resistant. But if it keeps happening, eventually you're gonna have to pay attention to it, and hopefully you pay attention to it enough to where you can make adjustments or at least be honest about what your red flags are. True longer. Um, Let me ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. What do they call those big books that they put on the table on the coffee table? What are, What are those books? What are they? What are they for? They're like picture books, or you know, there might be you know books of photography of you know really nice mm-hmm. pictures and photographs or whatever. What are those books called? Isn't that like a conversation piece? Like you got this, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Would red yeah, flags com- coffee table books? Yeah. Yes, would red flags be considered a conversation piece for relationships? What are your thoughts? Should we consider be, them that way? It can be if you're open-minded to discussing. If you're willing to discuss them, but a lot of people aren't. A lot of people rather pretend like nothing's wrong with them 
if somebody else, um, if I do have red flags, it's, it's not an issue for me. It might be an issue for them, but they don't bother me. If they have a problem with it, they can kick, they can kick rocks. That's how some people will respond to it. Mm. Um, a mature person is going to be willing to listen and go and look within themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is this really what's going on? Is this is what they're telling me? Is how I actually respond to things? Maybe it's been going on so long that it's just habitual. Sometimes you get and just you, you get you get numb to the red flag. I see. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I see. Man, this heavy talk, I mean, man. This heavy talk. It, True. I gotta I think push. Come, I think, Hold on, finish oh. finish your thought, brother. I think it comes with maturity and being willing to just first be honest with yourself and then once that's established, you can begin to deal with them and address them going forward. Mm. Whether it's you or your partner. Mm. Because in most cases it's gonna be both. Hmm. Everybody has something to deal with. Hundred percent, yeah. brother. I appreciate you, True Monger. You brought Dallas, Texas, in the building. Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, if you want to bring your city in the building, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me one eight hundred nine twenty fifteen eighty. What happens when you ignore red flags? I want to know what you guys think. I'm very interested to see what red flags exist in you. And what red flags exist in your partner and if they're somehow related. Somebody call me when we come forward. Hour number two of the VOR. And here are seven red flags to watch out for. Number one, your core values don't align with each other. It's one thing when you don't enjoy the same food or activities, but it's another thing when you both disagree on certain values. For example, how money or time should be spent. People get into relationships for the wrong reasons all the time. In general, people are driven by sexual attraction, but we disregard whether the person is good for us in the long run. Number two. Wait, stop. stop I, I, just hold on. I know that's an oversimplification and a, and a huge generalization that the young lady just said, right? The statement that she just made. But dang, is it? it it's probably true. Most people get together because of sexual attraction. They're not looking for how they show up. They got, listen, listen. The, the clip before, the young man said, most people find out everything they needed to know about the relationship when it ends. That's a red flag. But I don't like a post a posthumous red flag. I don't like those. Oh, I wish you could have loved me different. Oh, I wish you could have uh, uh, showed up for me different. Well, why say it when it can't be fixed? Say it when it happens. This goes back to the piece about red flags being a relational conversation piece. The only way for that to happen is you have to shift your mentality, right? You have to shift your perspective to say, we have to start looking at the red flags that each of us have as opportunities to talk, as opportunities to have difficult conversations. I am a believer. 
I'm a believer in two things when it comes to conversation. My girl put me up on one of them. One is timing. The timing of difficult conversations matters. But two, the necessity of difficult conversations. You got to have them. If you want to be together, if you want to heal, if you want to learn, if you want to grow, if you want to expand, you got to have difficult conversations. And you've got to create a safe space in your relationship to cultivate those difficult relationships. Oh, it's time to have a tough talk today. I believe that the more difficult over uh, uh, difficult conversations a couple overcomes, in other words, get something out of, gain a perspective from, broaden their view of each other. I, I, I believe the relationship is better off for having those conversations. But if you're having a conversation with somebody that's emotionally immature, mentally immature, psychologically immature, spiritually immature, anything that's said in a difficult and tough conversation tends to be weaponized. Well, there's a couple of things that happen. They're going to personalize, then they're going to weaponize what you said. Ooh, are y'all ready? Red flags. Huh? Red flags. Who wants to talk? 1-800-920-1580. Get on the line. Get on the line. Who's been on the longest? Of course, Ronan, Indianapolis. Get in here. Yo, what's up, though? I know you got red flags, brother. Talk to me. Uh, I got five main ones. Uh, I'm going to start off with, uh, I didn't take off nor destroy my rose-colored lenses. <laughs> I did not take off nor destroy my rose-colored lenses. Let's go. Okay, when, when I did that, with the rose-colored lenses, you think everything's gold, but you're not seeing it for what it was. And I was guilty of not uh, falling in love with the idea of what they should have been rather than in reality what they were. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the second one was I was a senseless giver, and I felt there was an honor in just giving so much of myself to where I might get maybe 10% of what I should be receiving. But it got, it, all I saw was like a lot of resentment. And when I looked in the mirror, I didn't even recognize who I was at the time. So let's so go. So, so let's go deeper. But, are you telling me? Okay. Are you telling me that a a senseless giver? Would you say that a sense mm-hmm. a senseless giver is attracting a senseless taker? Yes. Relationship as a mirror. Let's yes. keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Uh, the third one. Um... I think growing up and even in translating to relationships, I was emotionally homeless. And <laughs> emotionally the thing homeless. was, when you're emotionally homeless, you're not accustomed to being comfortable with your emotions or even the reality thing. So you'll take anything out there. In most cases, when you have relationships, you're basically in a platonic version, you're dumpster diving half the time. Mm-hmm. You're looking for some substance even though it's not clean, it's not good for you, but you need some sense of nourishment to keep going at, at the cost of yourself. Mm. And then number two, uh, it's, it's key for a lot of guys and some women. I lack, I, at the time, I lacked erectile dignity and discipline. Say it again. At the time, I lacked erectile dignity and discipline. 
We've all suffered from erectile dignity and discipline. We've all we've all fallen short of the glory of God. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I love the way you frame that, man. And, and I'm going to say it's not funny. It's actually shameful. You can't consider yeah. yourself a man if you don't have erectile dignity and self-discipline. And, and, and you're definitely heavy. right about that because when you're jumping around like that, you have very little value of yourself on many levels. Like you're just looking to get that itch scratch rather than a level of su uh, substance being sustained in the right way. And instead of them being a compliment, they end up being a consequence. Mm. Instead of being a compliment, <laughs> they end up being a consequence. Erectile and, dignity is what you call it. No, I had the lack of erectile dignity and discipline. So that's uh, what it was. <laughs> wow. He who thinks said the other ED. Oh man, keep going. <laughs> and the last one is like I was unfaithful to my standards and boundaries. Mm. And people say they want respect, they want fidelity, but then when you're a prostitute to your uh, standards and boundaries. You're prone to let anything and everything go by. You'll let people insult you just for a little bit of time with somebody. You'll let people like uh, separate you from your family, your friends, and allow yourself to become creatively constipated just to keep somebody who's keeping you from growing. See, now this is, this is the Ronin I've been looking for. This one right here. This is the Ronin that I've been looking for. I knew the wordsmith was going to show up and show out. Hey, brother, let me just say this, man. I appreciate you. Indianapolis, Naptown is in the building because of my homeboy Ronin. He called in here and he cooked with the rarest avocado oil. Listen, I got callers. I want to talk to folk. I got callers. Who wants to talk? Who's been on the line the longest? John from Hawaii. Get in here. Uh, Doc, I don't know if I want to come after Ronan. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> Have mercy. Ronan uh, was cooking, man. Man, please, cook. Uh, I feel like a... a, 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 a Retarded chef after going after that dude. <laughs> My God, Ronan. It's, it's all right, um, John. Very just... articulate. Come on. Very, very. Jesus. Um, but anyway. Uh, I guess my my red flag, I guess for most men, has something to do with just the controlling the measure of anger. Right. Right. Same. Here. Of course, as 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 men, we're supposed to be dangerous and hostile and all that other stuff, but uh, you're not supposed to be introduced to that as a child. Right. Right. And as a 52-year-old, and I'm still trying to get that monster under control, never been asleep, always had me ragged, and one of the reasons why I'm still living on the, the, the Isle of Patmos or left on an island like John was in the Bible. Mm. I mean, strangely enough, my name is John, too, but nonetheless. 96 A.D. A, I'm, sorry. A, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My inner theologian. No, no, no. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. <laughs> go ahead. But no, again, for, for, for everything that has to go through, everything we have to go through, there, there has to be a singular point that brings us to ourselves. And even if it has to be that aloneness, that, that place where we need to create our own zen 
that place where we need to get our own uh, reflection, the one that we, one, have to embrace. We, one, have to endure all of the ugliness and, and pray fully. We don't run away from that reflection either because most of us do run away from relationships with these red flags that others present. Nice. But if we but if we can but if we can calm down and we can actually embrace that in ourselves, that singular point, that 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 reference that we all definitely need to anchor onto, uh, and and I, I do I, it is required for you to travel this road alone. <laughs> you will not take somebody else with you, and by the time you figure it out, when you are alone, standing in that middle of darkness, and you're thinking. I don't even have the right equipment for this. I don't have the night vision for it. I cannot get, guide myself through it. Uh, that's when the light actually comes on. The God you fear is the God end up being revered to you. Ooh. And you finally know what's really going on. Mm. And then the matrix doesn't matter. Mm. 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 Brother. You all the way from Hawaii, man. Aloha. I appreciate the call. John, yo, he's on fire. If you want to bring your city in the building and join this this, this, uh, uh, deep and passionate discussion, it's riveting. Yes, it's, 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 man, it's fire beyond heat, man. If you want to get involved, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, we're going to be talking to one of our favorites from Atlanta. The voice of reason. Boy, I make Wednesdays fly. Y'all hear my playlist. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me just walk you through it real quick. Just, you're listening to the voice of reason on KBLA Talk 1580. Live from Lemur Park, let me just, we started with Comfort Zone by Evil Needle. My playlist is my co-host, you know how we do. Then we went to Watermelon Man, Herbie Hancock. And now, you ain't never heard of this. Huh? Say it again. Who did I skip? Oh, Quincy Jones, Velas, right? And now, this particular track, you've never heard of it. It's by a, a DJ. His name is Nicolay. N-I-C, right? O-L-A-Y. Nicolay. And the name of this track right here is called Fantastic. Listen, man, I just wanted to put us in a vibe tonight, man. This, when, when this song is on in my car, I, I got to do 85. At the very least. 8590. I'll be flying. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason is back in the building. We're having an amazing conversation tonight about red flags, man. And I think people need to have a different perspective, a different outlook. We've been taught to, uh, and it's something that happens, you know, in, uh, you know, the oral bio survival circuit that uh, Timothy Leary talked about in his eight circuit system. Bio survival circuits, there were eight of them. He was talking about the brain 
and how they're wired at di- uh, and how we're wired at different stages of life. This was Timothy Leary who did all of those famous LSD experiments back in the days. And he had an eight circuit brain model uh, for behavior, right? That dealt with people at different stages of their lives. And many of us have not gotten out of the first circuit of that eight circuit system, which is the oral bio survival circuit. And that circuit is uh, described with a nipple and a baby. We are all looking for the comfort of the nipple. Right. And we may be adults, but we're looking for life's nipple. Right. (laughs) We're looking for for life's nipple. And people who are stuck in that particular circuit, psychological circuit, the oral bio survival circuit you see some kids who are up in age who still suck their thumb right and they and they and they put their fingers in their mouths because they're they're looking for some type of comfort you see people who are in that bio survival circuit uh tend to move away from what is uncomfortable just like a baby would and move towards things that are comfortable. But what fails to happen for many of those people is nuance, understanding nuance. As you get older, as you get more mature, as you get a diversified perspective, you tend to see that sometimes negative things have a purpose and a value in your life, whereas there are some instances where good things, things that felt good, wound up being bad for you, right? Oh, I know people don't want to hear this. I know. This is why I'm saying a lot of people don't even know what a red flag is because they're still in a bio-survival circuit kind of survival mode. They don't really understand. They don't understand that sometimes a red flag can provide insight and growth and maybe it being a red flag or it hurting or it being difficult for you, maybe That was the price you had to pay in order to get the wisdom. We live in a society that makes us think we're supposed to get stuff for free all the time, right? It is essential to recognize that no human being is without flaws. And intimate relationships are not exempt from this reality. While red flags may emerge in relationships due to our innate imperfections, they should not be considered an inevitable part of the course. Instead, they serve as opportunities for growth and a deeper understanding. Acknowledging that humanity is inherently flawed allows us to approach relationships with empathy and compassion. It's a red flag if your partner's not showing you compassion for what you're going through. That's a red flag. That's called a one-sided, unidirectional relationship. If your partner is going through something and you're there for them and they're not there for you, that's one-sided. That's unfair. That's a red flag. Should be. Should be considered. Now, let's dig deeper into it. If they're going through something really heavy and they don't have the capacity to give and they at least articulate that, then there's more empathy coming from you because even though they didn't have the capacity to give you what you've been giving them, if they say, but you deserve a word, you deserve an acknowledgement. I love you. I appreciate you. I thank you for what you're doing, but I can't give it to you right now. I don't know when. Hold tight. 
I want you to hold tight. How about that? How about even on your even on your deathbed, on with your last breath, hold tight. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna get it right. I'm gonna do right. Come on, man. Sometimes, man, those little gestures really take your partner to another level in terms of supporting. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it that way. I know a lot of people don't want to lock into what I'm saying, but it's okay. It's okay. Let's get these callers in here. Nazarene X, Atlanta, Georgia. Talk to me, man. Yo. What's up? Hear your voice, man. Ain't nothing, man. Yeah, Ronan killed that joint early. <laughs> I was everybody didn't chime in. Yeah, Ronan was doing the big right there. He was doing it big, big, man, big. All the way. One uh, red flag that I've noticed that actually speaks more so to me in the past is like when I ask someone a question and I'm very clear in what I'm asking, inside there's like, you know how they say your spidey senses are tangled or like you can feel a disconnect when you're connected to yourself, whether it's like a break in rhythm or something along those lines. So anytime it's like I might ask a question and whoever I'm communicating with is no longer present. That's a red flag for me. Hmm. And I've learned to identify it as a red flag by first going through that process and like kind of ignoring that, being more willing to be like, oh, okay, well, you know, benefit of the doubt or we can skip that part, this, that, and the third. But in hindsight, it's never really served me. And I feel like that's a product of, I say, uh, like a lack of self-confidence or self-awareness, right? Because sometimes when you're still trying to figure yourself out, let alone get to know someone else, if you're not coming into a situation with at least a more full sense of who you are, what you're about and kind of like you're in tune with that resonance piece of things and it means something to you i think like that's a a big gateway like it's it leaves a lot of room for trouble if you're not willing to bridge that gap Mm -hmm. and whoever you're dealing with you know should be able to meet you or be able to willing or be willing to meet you in that space of presence right Mm -hmm. so i think subtly we all will ignore that that small voice inside and kind of like bite our own tongue in whatever way or make whatever excuse to not show up because we haven't yet come into that area of our life where we can bring more confidence and more fullness to kind of like stand in, whether it's to say, I don't know this or whatever the case is. But I think inside is just all about your spidey senses. Mm-hmm. Man, so I appreciate it. I appreciate it, brother. You dropping jewels uh, as usual. My nephew, from Atlanta, Georgia. Listen, we all over the country right now. Jacksonville, Houston. Who just dropped? We got somebody that just dropped, but the phone lines are popping, popping, popping. Sometimes people have to make you out to be the villain so they don't have to take accountability for their own actions. Just because they believe it doesn't make it a fact. That comes from my sister, uh, Mayumi McKinley. Let me read it again just because, just in case you missed it. Sometimes people have to make you out to be the villain so they don't have to take accountability for their own actions just because they believe it doesn't make it a fact that is Mayumi McKinley let me tell you something 
We all flawed. We are all flawed. We are all broken. And I'm going to tell you, the sign of a good person in your life is somebody that's willing to take responsibility for how they broke you. Huh? 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 That ain't no simp. That ain't a man you should run away from. That's a man you should try to build with. Anybody that stands with you and says, you know what? I did it. I'm responsible. But just like Machiavelli, whoever destroys a country is responsible for rebuilding it economically. If I destroyed your heart, you give me the opportunity to rebuild it. And get, I guarantee you, you'll be a better person having been broken by me than broken by somebody that doesn't feel indebted to you for doing it. When we come forward, more from the VOR. So here's a question a lot of you have. Are there always red flags in relationships that just may not work for us? That's the question. Because everyone's like, red flags, identify the red flags and it'll all be good, right? Are there always red flags or is it ever possible that it's not all about the red flags, it's just that a relationship just doesn't feel good to us? We want there to be red flags, right? We want things we can hang our hat on. Say clearly, there it is, there it is. That's a red flag. That's the problem. That's the issue. Then we can articulate it. Look back and say, yep, they came late. They drove too fast. They got drunk the first time they met my parents. They interrupted me on the first date. They're always on their phone. They were really entitled in the restaurant. It takes them five days to return some text messages. They kept trying to brag and be better than my friend's boyfriend. They made fun of my shoes. Listen, you may have even justified the red flags at the time, but when you talk about it later, hell, even if we don't love it as it's happening, there's a certain relief. These red flags feel concrete and real. The problem is that there aren't always red flags. Sometimes it's fuzzier. Sometimes you just don't like someone. It's nothing you can put a finger on. You may even think like, you know what, this person was on time. They were kind of respectful. They asked decent questions. They were not rude to the waiter. They were nice enough to my friends. It's none of that. It just doesn't feel right. That scenario is actually harder, it's more difficult for many survivors of narcissistic abuse to navigate. Red flags, that feels legitimate. Yep, yeah, got it, makes sense, in my, in my face. Something I can see, I can discern, I can disengage, and I have reasons, and I can say them out loud to myself, and that's great. The problem is that sometimes it just isn't, it isn't there and there. The red flags are often more behavioral, stuff you can observe, and stuff that, yes, we probably should have picked up the first time or the first month or the first year, but no one teaches us this stuff. But the, I just don't like this, I'm not comfortable with this person, that could happen upon meeting a new possible friend or at a job interview or a first date. For survivors of narcissistic abuse, this can be challenging. We want substantive red flags, not something hazy that we should listen to in our body that tells us to slow down. I know some of you may be listening to this and saying, well, Dr. Romani, you're kind of being mean. Maybe you meet someone and they're having an off day or they're shy or they're from a different culture. 
That's all true. I'm not saying like the first time you're like, mm, don't like you and you cut and run. I am saying that the thing that's hard for survivors is to listen to ourselves. Then not listening to ourselves because we long ago stopped trusting ourselves. That's the challenge here. And what it can mean is that what we do is we keep pushing and pushing through discomfort when we're survivors, but without these hard and fast red flags, like someone screaming at a person on the freeway, we may feel that we need to talk ourselves out of ourselves. Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Dr. Romney. You know, Dr. Romney knows it all about this old narcissistic stuff, but she was cooking. She was cooking, talking about the red flags. Maybe maybe they're not as concrete as we would like them to be. Maybe the red flag is being used as an excuse to do what we really want to do. And that's leave because we just don't like the person. What about that? 1-800-920-1580. The phone lines are cracking. We're still all over the country. I need to talk to some folks who've been on the longest. Atala, Houston, Texas. Get in here. What up, Uncle Joe? How are you? I am alive and well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what do you think of tonight's topic? What are your thoughts? Oh, it's right on time. It's right on time. Um, so I was actually just doing some reflection, like, earlier, and I was thinking about certain things that I say to myself or things that I think that I want to change. And um, honestly, I think one of my biggest red flags is that um, I assume that a delay is a denial. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I like it. Keep going. Say more. Go deeper. I mean, essentially, like, sometimes the answer is not always no. Maybe the person just isn't in the right headspace or whatever the case may be. But for me, like, I don't hear that. I just hear no. So I'm quick to kind of, like, jump to the gun and just end it. Hmm. That's interesting. So mm -hmm. you course correct the moment you don't get what you think you should get. Pretty much. If that's, I don't get the but, answer that listen, is satisfactory. That's what I'm, to me, that's, that's a sign of, you hear me talk about it all the time, spiritual immaturity. To me, yeah. to me, if you don't get what you desire, right? And maybe you've tried to get it, right? Maybe you've pulled somebody to the side and said, hey, man, I need this, that, or the third. And they, 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 were, they were present, but not present in the way you needed them to be. Some people uh -huh. may see it as, yo, uh, I shouldn't have to do that. If, if you love me, you should do that by default. But again, you're dealing with a work in progress and that person's mind could be in 45 different places at the same time. There has to be a real uh, consistent attempt. Like you, to me, this is the red flag contradiction. You want your man to be consistent in all the things that you love about him. But you won't be consistent mm -hmm. in reminding him to do certain things as it pertains to you. Sometimes. A man has to be pulled out of his world in order to acknowledge what's going on in yours. Sometimes, mm. especially if he's busy, especially if he got a life, especially if he's running a business, especially if he's got his hands in multiple streams of income. Sometimes that's not pressuring. That's a woman saying, 
say, brother, in this moment, I need you to carve out space for this moment. There's nothing wrong with that. But some women feel like they don't need to do that or shouldn't have to do that or shouldn't be required to do that. You see, relationships are about compromise. They're about working. And if I'm not as fully locked in when you need me to be, you might need to be consistent in trying to pull me in. Doesn't that make sense? Mm. I mean, you tell me about it. It does. But then I kind of, I mean, I feel like guys are always talking about women nagging, right? It's so, true. It's true. But when you I'm got, like, it's true. It's true. But if you got a, if you got a good man who doesn't see you as a nag, if you know the guy, I'm not saying this is some brand new relationship. You guys just met each other at, at the chicken wing spot. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a person who is really out there, busy, doing it. If we break down the 168 hours in a week, did you know the average person, the average person who works a 40-hour week, who shaves, who, who, who bathes, who eats and makes breakfast and cooks dinner and drives and sits in traffic, do you know he's still got like 60, 70 hours left? After everything he's done all week long, including his work week, do, do you know he still got 70, maybe 70 hours? <laughs> still got a lot of time, right? Time management, right? The most busy people, the busiest people in the world have, have on average about 32 hours left of the 168 hours in a week. Right? Mm. Even they got mm -hmm. a lot of time. 32 hours, 35 hours, that's a lot of time. So guess what? Even the busy person may not be aware that I got all this time. Sometimes a good mm. a, a good woman can put her arm around you and say, take a break. Step to the side, brother. We need you in this capacity. Mm. Just because you tell me doesn't mean I was told. I know you don't want to hear it. <laughs> Wait a minute. I Wait know you don't want to hear it. <laughs> I know you don't want to hear no. it. See, sometimes we, we got, this is a red flag. Sometimes women think as soon as they open their mouth, everything's supposed to stop. And we locked in and dialed in. It ain't always like that. And yeah. it's no disrespect to you. But sometimes you got to lean in and say, brother, come up for air. We need you. Just because you talk, just because you you tell me something doesn't mean you told it to me. Sometimes you got you got to come get me from what I'm battling. Mm. And ain't nothing wrong with that. You didn't you didn't like that, did you? No, I mean I'm just I'm processing. That's that's deep. Like I'm praying for someone who would even like heed to my voice right like i feel like i kind of attract people who don't necessarily want to hear what i have to say so it's a struggle but that but what i'm saying is do it in sincerity a mm. lot of people speak from ego and their ego get broken when you don't respond to the word from their mouth that's because the ego led the word 
if your heart leads the word, any good man worth his salt will be like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> right? Even if he got to get pulled out of it. That's when he looks at his woman as, you know what? This woman has my back. She doesn't mind putting in some effort to make this thing work. See, some people, it's a red flag to think that things are just supposed to work because we together. Sometimes mm -hmm. the, the work is I'm going to do a little bit extra. Right. Just I'm going to do a little bit extra. I told him about something that's important to me. It seems like it didn't really resonate. I'm a circle the block. Mm. How about that? I'm a circle the block. And like I'm going to be transparent. Right. I'm going to open up and say, I need you. Do you know how many people are afraid to say they need somebody? I need your help. I need your presence, brother. You think you throw out a couple of subtle syllables, a couple of <laughs> subtle vowels, and you think somebody's supposed to just react? No, that's your ego talking. Sometimes if you will supplicate to God, you should supplicate to the head of your relationship. How about that? You, you don't okay. want to do that, do you? You don't want to, you don't want to do that, do you? Show show some yeah, respect. But do you understand what I'm okay. saying? Like, show that. Mm -hmm. Brother, we, I, us, we need you. You too, you, you too drown you drowning in what you're doing. I need you. Mm. Hold tight. Mm -hmm. Hold tight. When we come forward, the voice of freezing go keep cooking. I think about a week ago, last weekend or something, we was listening to music and she was playing something from her playlist. And I was like, what is that? The name of the record is called Runs Out. It's by Alpha Mist. Great record. Great record. Let's get Atala back in here to get her final thought before we wrap this show. Get in here. Uh, what's up, Uncle Joe? Can yes. I say something though real quick? I love how you shout out your girl. That is, I just want to say that. I think that that is, that's awesome. That builds trust, safety, um, just that, yeah. Anyway, but back to the topic. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with this whole red flag thing. I, I'm learning that uh, when it comes to listening to these different podcasts and coaches and things like that, you know, certain things can be worked through and used as a tool for understanding. And that's kind of how I want to move in my next situation. And, yeah. All right. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. You brought Houston, Texas in the building. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Miami, I'm at Mimi from Jacksonville, Florida. Get in here. We got to do this quick. So make it quick. Make it quick, Mimi. Jump in here. What are your thoughts? I can do a quickie. Impatient. Oh, God. Here we go. Go ahead. That was quick. You wanted it. There it is. <laughs> hey, so. Hey. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us real quick. That was good for me. Yep. So impatience. You, impatience. That's a red flag for you? Yes. I mean, um, communication, trust, respect, all of that. But 
I love an attentive man. You can be clingy. I love all of that because I can be clingy too. But don't get mad at me because I don't jump on the phone when you call me for the third time in an hour. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you for the insight. Thank you for your red flag. <laughs> you brought Jacksonville, Florida in the building. You know you got a seat at the table all the time. My last caller of the night is from Detroit. That's Monique. Monique, you got to make it quick. Talk to me. Oh, I just wanted to say thank you because you made me realize in your statement when you said, I'm just scared to say I need you. And you just helped me figure out something in my relationship that he is so focused. And you know about my recent visual impairment. And I want to thank you because I was scared to say I need you. And well, I think that's what I got to tell him. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You brought Detroit, Michigan in the building. We appreciate the call. Let me just say this. The flip side of the scenario that I laid out about the woman just saying she needs you, sometimes we're distracted because we got other distractions going on, brother, that ain't even, uh, that isn't even good for our relationship. We could be cheating. How about that? We could be distracted by something that's pulling us away from our relationship. So it's not just her leaning into you and pulling you back into her. It's also you staying focused. <laughs> How about that? Listen, you know how I do. I like to start the conversation. It's on you to finish the conversation. Do y'all know what I mean? Listen, I'm the voice of reason. I'm here every day, Monday through, can I say Friday? I guess I can say Friday. Monday through Friday, we come with topics that are going to challenge the way you think and feel.